Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. So the word today, I got a, I got a word that God just placed upon my heart. First service pushed me hard, man. They generally don't do that. And so I, I felt like, man, so let's, let's see what happens. This, this service, I, I, I had like five different scriptures I didn't even get to after the first service. But, but everybody's excited. God's doing great things. And we're talking about watching, talk, being on a watch. I want us to go to, um, go to Luke. Go to Luke chapter 21 and verse number 34. I'm actually going to go to verse 34. And we're going to talk about what it means to be a watchman, about watch and build. Anytime uh, God is, I mean, we could use this so much with the building that we're doing physical stuff, structural stuff. Obviously, we're talking about what God is doing in our own lives, um, building what God is doing for us. So uh, let's just, this is kind of see what God does, does with this one. The thing I love about highest praise, if, if you didn't like last service, you can come to this service, and it's going to be totally different. If you didn't like last week, you can come this week. It's kind of like the weather around here. You know, if you don't like it, just wait a minute. It'll change. And so, uh, you know, so we just kind of hang on to it. Uh, so, so Luke, Luke chapter 21, verse 34, Jesus says, his words, take heed to yourselves. Lease your heart be weighted down with carousing, drunkenness, the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly, unexpectedly, talking about Jesus coming back. For it will come as a snare on those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, everybody say watch. And pray. Watch and pray. So Jesus says, watch and pray. I don't think this is a suggestion. This is a, this is a commandment. Really what you want to, we should take it as. Watch and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. And the main thing is to be able to stand before the Son of Man, which is Jesus. So God bless us today and help us. Um, the thing about, about watching, um, I, I, later on this month, we're going to talk about, um, uh, we're going to talk about Nehemiah, uh, the days of Nehemiah, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a rebuilder. He was a builder and a re- rebuilder. And one thing is I began to learn, I began to, to take this word upon what I was reading in Nehemiah, getting ready for some, some things coming up is that the same word in the Septuagint, which is the, which is the Greek translation of Hebrew, the actual Hebrew and the Greek, um, so the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, which was written in Greek, the, the words are the same. The same word that was in watch or the watchman in Nehemiah's day is the same word that Jesus decided to use here um, in, in Luke's gospel, in, in the Greek. And, and what that means is, is, that, um, is, is that we need to, be, be, be watchful. It's, it, back in Nehemiah's day, that they would have watchmen that they would put on the wall. And when they put watchmen on the wall, that they were constantly watching. Not only were just watching, but they were listening. They were watching and they were listening. And, and they're on the, the wall. The wall is, uh, was the strength of the city. The gates and the, and the walls was the strength of the, of the city. You knew, how, you knew how strong the city was based on the gates and based on the walls. Let me sit here and do a little bit of parallel teaching on definitely what I believe God's called us to do today as far as uh, what God's called us to do as a church, as a ministry. And I say ministry, a church, and God's blessed us with a, with a great church and a, and a, and a, a wonderful school. 
Uh, if, you, if you're visiting or new to the area, we have over 350 students of pre-K through 12th grade um, that God has blessed us with here. We've got every square inch of this building is completely full, um, and we, we, we turn away kids. We, we tur- turn away. We would, we would have to turn away 100 kids easy um, if, and if we didn't continue to start building what we're doing. So we're, we're building um, a school over here on 11 acres we have. It's a school that's also going to be utilized by our ministry, by the entire ministry, church as well. Um, obviously, classrooms, gymnasium, offices, just different things, fields that we're going to be able to utilize, just all kinds of things we, we have to do. And so, obviously, it's us being very, um, be, being very uh, useful to the, what God has given to us. That's what's very, well, much is given, much is required. And so, we have to really be, we, uh, make sure we're, we use the resources that God has given it to us well. So, we're excited about that. I also see it in the spiritual realm. I see it spiritual. I see it spiritual. I mean, you know, the enemy would come in, would come in like a flood if we allow him. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for do you have an adversary? He's called the devil. Uh, and like a, he, like, a, like a lion, like a lion, he's always seeking who he may devour. So, so with all these things here, just what the Bible says, we have to be watchful. We have to be watchful. As parents, like no other time um, in, 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 I'm just going to say no, like no other time. Do we need to be watchful? So let me, let me do the first parallel as far as parenting. Um, obviously, we're talking about schools. We're talking about youth. We're talking about classrooms. We're talking about education. You're talking about parents. As a pastor, I'm talking about every person. Nobody, we never quit learning. We never quit learning. But the one thing we want to do as parents, we always want to make sure that you're a watchman. You're a pro- proper watchman. That you're not just praying over your kids. You're watching over your kids. And this same parallel, this same word I think Jesus uses, just like a watchman on a wall. And that watchman on the wall, his job was so important that if he was found sleeping on the job, they would burn him alive. Burn him alive. Execute him. Burn him alive. So how many knows that no matter how sleepy he was, man, you, a lot went through your head before you dozed off. What was the whole purpose of that? Why? Why is that? Because if he fell asleep and the enemy penetrated the enemy came in on his watch then the people will be destroyed watchmen are very important watching are very important and so they're watching so they're constantly watching for the enemy they're constantly listening for the enemy parents i'm here to encourage you make sure you're watching for the enemy is trying to come against your children's life make sure you're listening Make sure you're listening, not only just about what they're watching. You say, well, we won't let them watch stuff on TV, but you have not a clue what's being pumped into their ears with their earbuds. You better be a good watchman. You better be a good watchman because the word watchman is actually an intercessor. It's also an intercessor. An intercessor is someone who stands between that watchman. He's an intercessor. He's standing. He's literally standing between the enemy and the people. The enemy and the people. One of the most powerful ministries we have here at Highest Praise on Monday night, our intercessors meet. They meet here on every Monday night. They're interested in what they're doing. They're standing before the people, and they're standing before the enemy. And they're saying, not on our watch. One of the most powerful gifts you have of a parent. And I'm here, we're not here with schools and with, with children's ministry, with everything that we have here online, in-house, whatever you see it. We're not here to raise your children, but we are here to give you the tools that you need to raise your children the way they should go. So when they grow old, they will not depart from it. You see, I cannot do that. I can't raise this one. That's too rebellious. I don't know. It must be his father's side of the family. I don't know what's going on with them. Understand, if, you, if God gave you that child, he gave you the resources and everything you need to raise that child. 
Amen. And so we're here to encourage that. But you got to do your part. You got to be that watchman. You got to watch. You got to make sure that you don't allow the enemy. There's so much that we can bring up today on what the enemy wants to do with, with their identity. You're, whether or not you're a boy, whether or not you're a girl, who, what sex you want to be, who you want to have sex with. And we got the whole thing through GLAD and LGBT. And we got all that hot kind of stuff right there that's being inundated. They want to go through our schools. They want to go through our families. Any door, any door, any gate that you leave loose or not attended to, the enemy used to come in. It's even to the point that's making us forget, which we cannot, that the enemy is still using drugs. He's still using addictions that way. He's still using alcohol. He's still using rebellion. He's still using suicide. He's still using, I mean, just just, just doubt and unbelief. Just, we can go on and on about, as a parent, you have to not only pray, but you know how to watch and pray and watch and see what the enemy did. You know, you know how to pray. It's like the next chapter out, that was Luke 21, but over in Luke 22, verse 32, Jesus spoke to Peter. He says, hey, Peter, he says, Satan desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. You know, he's going to lay down the, the, the principle of how he prays. Jesus don't just pray. He watches and prays. I don't know about you, man. There's one thing about praying, and God loves a prayer, prayer, prayer for person. You can pray. But let me say something. There's something about that, that prayer, that watchman that is on the wall that is praying. That's saying, not on my watch, not during my hour, not, why, not on my people. It's not going to happen. You know what the world needs today? It needs some parents to stand up and say, devil, I'm here to tell you, you're not, not on my watch. Uh-uh, not, uh-uh. It's not going to happen. There's no way. You say, well, they already got my children. You say, well, you're not going to keep them because it's still on my watch. You you got to understand the devil is a liar. He is a liar. Don't ever think. He never has the final word. I said he never. He's not the author or the finisher, but I'm here to tell somebody, hey, I know the author and I know the finisher. His name is God. He always starts with a word. He always ends with the last word. The devil's a liar. That's for somebody. He don't have the final word. Ah. So we're on the wall. I want you to understand, too, that the wall... Gates represents. Do you have the gates and the walls? The enemy will come in. And when the enemy comes in, he always comes. See, the enemy don't come in looking like the enemy. Mm. I said the enemy don't come in looking like the enemy. Everything you think that you're looking for, yeah, you got to look for that. But then you're always trying to figure out what kind of disguise is that old dude going to try to come in. The, 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 whole word, the whole word devil there means, it, it, it has two kind of parallel words. It, it, it's penetrator, but it's, it's also a tricker, a, a trickery and penetrating. So he'll, to penetrate means all he needs is just a little gap. He don't need a big old wide open. He's just a penetrator. He'll take any kind of, any kind of avenue you'll give him, he'll take it. And so we have to understand what kind of disguise is the enemy coming in. He'll come in as wolf and sheep and sheep clothing. We understand all of that. So, so we're watching that. You're always watching and making sure that the enemy's not coming in. So we, we, we have to understand that, that, that the walls and the, and the gates are important. The gates represent your spirit. The walls represent your soul. And the gates, when the enemy comes, the enemy will come, and they always come whenever they're disguised. They come not looking at the enemy because you wouldn't let them get that close. And so they come in, and, and, during, and during the days of Nehemiah, during the Old Testament days, even in Jesus' days, during the Roman era, they would come, and with walls and cities was, was fortified with the walls and the gates. The enemy would come in disguise. Why? Because they're there to inspect the walls. They're there to inspect the walls. They're there to inspect the gates. 
And if the enemy comes up and they come to a city and they see that the gates are strong and they see that the watchmen are alert and they see that they get, that the walls are, 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 are fortified and there, and there is a fortress around there. What the enemy is going to do? He will say, you know what? There's some easy pickings around the corner. I think you're going to do that. I want you to understand today that, that you can never stop the enemy from coming, but you sure can stop the impact of what the enemy is going to do in your life. And so I want to look at the parallels in that aspect of it. You say, well, I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be too aggressive. I don't want to push away. Let me tell you something. The devil's being overbearing. The devil's being aggressive. He don't give a rip if he offends you and your faith and what your grandma taught you. He'll use and say whatever. It's time to forget. If you've got a reputation to uphold, you're going to lose this battle. But if you said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm here to tell you, devil, this is not going to happen. That when you come and inspect my gates and my walls, I'm here to tell you, they're going to be strong. And if you're going to try to come against us, you're not only going to have a fight on your hands, you're going to have a battle on your hands. You know, Daniel, when he went in the lion's den, he didn't learn to fight the fight of faith in the lion's den. No, Daniel, you know, he got in there and once he realized those, those lions weren't going to consume him, that's when he built up his faith. Uh-uh. The battle was already done. The battle was done in the back. The battle was done in the room before he got in the room with the lion. I'm here to tell somebody, don't wait until you get the lions in to prove to the enemy that he's not going to take you out. You've only, Daniel knew when he walked in that lion's den that his God would never leave him nor forsake him. And so we see the battle. I want to talk to you for a minute about the walls and the gates. And so it's important that we understand not only in, in, in actuality as far as when we look at our, our parenting and seeing the spiritual aspect of what our gates does and what our, and what our walls do, we also have to look at it as far as us. And that's why it's important that we see that, that our walls is our soul. And that soul is our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions. And it's what the enemy is always after. I want you to listen, and, and just you can just listen to the things that that the liberals are trying to get in. That on the on the on the on the back of, of liberals is 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 demonic spirits. I'm, not calling a, I'm, I'm talking about a system. I'm talking about a movement. I'm talking about an idea. I'm talking about coming in. I said demonic spirits. Y'all still say demons in church? You better believe. As long as we're still fighting and we're still calling them out, we're calling them what they are. And they come in on, these are, these are demonic spirits. They're territorial spirits. They're spirits on assignment. The devil's not everywhere at the same time. He's not God. And so he delegates his authority. He delegates his power to spirits. And they come in, coming in on these, come in on, 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 on lesbianism, come in on homosexualism, comes in on addictions, comes in on suicide, comes in on fear. We can just go all the way down the list. He comes in on it. And what he's after is their walls. What he's after is their soul. I just told you what is a wall. A wall is a soul. What is our soul? Our minds, our wills, our emotions. We begin, we're in the, we're in the children business. We see it. We're in the people business. And we got over 350 students in a school Monday through Friday. You got a couple hundred kids in your church, in your youth department, in middle school, and, and children's department. You begin to see it. And you begin to see the cracks that begin to get in their walls. And you begin to see the enemy, the devil, who's a penetrator that tries to penetrate, tries to 
get into their mind, try to get into their will, and try to get into their emotion. Well, that's just Sally. She don't like to pray. She's not that way. She's not that emotional. No, listen to her on Instagram and TikTok. You, she's, oh, she, is, she is emotional. But the enemy is trying to come in, and he's trying to penetrate the walls, the souls of our children, which is their mind, their will, and their emotions, and destroy the gates, which is what? Their spirit. See, the whole thing is not about a movement. The whole thing is about whether or not who gets elected. The whole thing for the devil is that he wants their soul. We forget about that. People are dying and going to hell. The devil, that's all he's after. Because if he can get them in hell, he's got them separated from God. Understand that, church? We're after souls. And so when Jesus says, you've got to be like a watchman. Can I paraphrase a little bit? You've got to be like a watchman and pray. You know why I'm standing here with a microphone in one hand and a Bible in another? You know why my children are, are serving the Lord? You say, well, just because you're special. No, I'm not special. Me and my wife, we decided we're going to be watchmen and we're going to pray. Doesn't mean the devil's not going to come against us. Doesn't mean what I'm teaching you today, the devil's not going to come against you. But what I'm telling you is this. When you watch your wall and you inspect your wall, the same devil still going to come after you, but the impact he used to have, you're going to find out he don't have anymore because he can't penetrate what he used to penetrate. That gate of your mouth that he can't open anymore because you've been mending that thing. That gate called your eyes. Understand, you got three major gates. Your eye gate, your mouth gate, and your ear gate. That ear gate that he usually could open with just a whisper, he can't open anymore. That eye gate that can make you look at things you have no business looking at. And that 14-year-old boy don't need to look at. I'm here to tell you, if I can find a mama or a daddy that says, I'm going to be a watchman and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray like I'm on the mountaintop. I'm going to pray like I'm on the wall. I'm going to pray like if I sleep, if I put my head down, I'm going to lose. I got to pray like I'm the only person standing between, between the enemy and my child. I'm going to pray like it really matters. What happened to that? Praying like God actually hears us. When he hears us, he can do something about it. Because he's God. And he says, I, he told Ezekiel, he told Ezekiel, Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. He says, and I sought for a man among them. He would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. You know what God is looking for? He's looking for a mama and a daddy. He's looking for a pastor in a church. He's looking for some worship leaders and some welcome team members. Looking for some, he's looking for some team members that say, you know what? He's looking for some people that will stand on a wall and stand in the gap on behalf of the land. You know what we're doing here today? We're not just turning over some dirt and building a building. We're saying we're going to position ourselves upon a wall. I know we can't watch everywhere and every party, but we can't watch some peoples in some places. And as for us in our house, we're going to stay on this wall. We're going to serve the Lord. Go home and walk in your house and say, I'm the watchman in this house. We're the watchman in this house. And so the Bible teaches this. He shows us and he shows us that it's very important that our, that our spirits and our souls, because the enemy comes in and what used to impact us doesn't impact us anymore. The word wall, a strong wall means moral strength. 
What does it mean to be a Christian that has strong walls? You're not perfect. You don't mess, you don't not mess up anymore. All that's through grace and the help of the Holy Spirit. But what used to make you vulnerable, you're not vulnerable anymore. Oh, Oh, weak wall Lancaster. Yeah, I'm going to push him over. I'm going to huff and puff and make him blow down. And you'd be like the three little piggies. Some Christians are like three little piggies. Somebody got, somebody got walls of straw. Down you go. What was the next one? Sticks. Yeah, the next one was walls of stick. Well, I'm, I'm, we're going to graduate then. We're going to go to another church. They, they're a little more intense than the last one. So I think I'll go to the stick church. I'm going to leave the straw church. I'm going to go to the stick church. Well, he can still, he just got to blow a little bit harder, but he's still coming down. But you know what? I'm sick and tired of being a hay Christian. I'm tired of being a, a stick Christian. I'm ready to be a brick, mortar, and wall Christian. Now watch this. It didn't mean that the wolf didn't come huffing and puffing and trying to blow. But as vulnerable as you used to be, he's going to find out you're not a hay Christian anymore. You're not a stick Christian anymore. You are a brick wall Christian in him now. And you're not as vulnerable as you used to be. And it's called, and remember, soulish area is your morality. But we don't talk about it anymore either. Because our morals, morals are down here. This all right? Whew. Moral. Moral strength. How do you know that your wall is fortified and is strong? Because the things that used to be vulnerable in, you're strong now. See, these are not the things that you testify at the group meeting. This is not even the junk you put on Facebook. Because it's Facebook anyway. You never put anything actually true on that. These are the things that only you and God knows. These are the things that even when you're standing at the door welcoming people, they don't know the hell and the battle you've been battling just to get here. This is the stuff that the enemy's been laying in your mind, your will, your emotion that you struggle with. These are things he shows you in your face, what he's really doing to your children and what's really going on in your marriage and really how you find And the things that used to make you roll over and quit because you're vulnerable. You realize, wait a minute, I've been working on my wall. I've been building up my wall and I got moral strength. And the thing I used to didn't think God can do I'd been to realize that God can do it. Oh, he's still coming. He just can't do what he used to could do. Because you've been working on your wall. You've been fortifying your gate. Making sure your spirit man is looked after. Making sure that whatever comes in your spirit. Oh, I love the song. I had no idea what I was Better is one day. I got to spend a thousand somewhere else just to get one day in his house, God. Let me have that one day. God understands that. He sees that. Now, that's a gate right there. That's a gate right there. The enemy says, oh, you can pull me through a lot of stuff for a thousand days. But I'm here to tell you, that thousand day gives me a ticket into the presence of Almighty God. Then I'm going. When the devil comes up to a gate like that, like, no, I ain't messing with that crazy crowd. There's some stick churches down the street. Them people go to that. I can get them before they get out of the parking lot. Trying to tell you about the walls. Trying to tell you 
about your walls is moral strength. It makes you stable. A stable wall is a, is a stable soul. Hmm? See, I'm pastoring this morning. I'm not about to run us out of here and we're going to stand out there in the middle of that dirt. And now like we're getting ready to do something that we have no idea what we're getting ready to do. If you think for a minute the devil likes us, you're wrong. Trying to get us to understand. Let me finish here. I got two things. Moral strength is you got to deal with your mind, your will, and your emotion, your soul. That soul's feeding that spirit. Man is tripart being possessed, lives in a body, possesses a soul. Man is a spirit, possesses a soul, lives in a body. We got to line that body, we got to line that, that soul up. Whenever the Bible in Matthew 13 <clears throat> talks about thorny soil and rocky soil. Everybody know this Chris, a parable. A sorrow went to sow. And the seed went on thorny soil and the seed went on rocky soil. There's so many different parallels we can go with it because that's, that's what a parable is. But it's the fruit that's not coming up. Why is it that we're going through things and we're serving God and we're doing all this stuff, but the fruit, we're just not seeing the fruit up because there's thorns out there. Thorns has to do with your soul. Because thorns is whenever your mind and your spirit or your soul and your spirit is not lining up. Do you know what I just said? Your soul and your spirit is not lining up. Now, a spirit, a man, man is a spirit. We are, we are a spirit being. I taught you that on, on, on resurrection day. We're, we're a spirit being. But we got this, we got this soul problem. I'm not, right now, I'm not, talking to, I'm not talking to people who's not saved. I'm talking to people who are saved. Because unbelievers do not battle unbelief. Some holy cows just mooing on me to come over here. <clears throat> holy, <laughs> that was holy cows, they're over there. Unbelievers, people that are not saved are not unbelievers. People that are saved battle unbelief. The, in Mark chapter number, Nine, in verse number 24, when the demoniac dad came to Jesus, when he came to Jesus, he said, I've already come to all of your disciples and they couldn't help them. And Jesus says, I can help them. And immediately the father, the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe because he's a believer, but help my unbelief. Come on, Christians. How many, belie- how many believers I have in the house right now? Throw your hands up. I don't care. Throw your hands up. How many needs help with your unbelief? Oh, we're in, we're in the Bible. We're in, we're in the Bible. That's us. That's why you don't have a name. It's us. We're believers. You know why? You know what the unbelief is? It's that rocky soil. 
It's that rocky soul. What we're saying is, is that I'm a believer. You got to help my unbelief because you got to understand this isn't the first time I try to get my boy delivered. This ain't the first time I believe for this. I'm a believer. You got to help my unbelief. I mean, I even took them to your disciples. These people to hang around you wants to be seen by you. And they couldn't do it. So I'm a believer. But these stumbling blocks keep getting in my way. I've got to help my unbelief. I'm a believer. Because every time we start to believe God for something, what does the enemy do? He brings back every stumbling block of unbelief. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. We'll stay here till 6 o'clock if I had to, but we're going to get this. We can't just march out there like we're going to take a city. Like the devil's going to roll over and play dead. Because I got a dump truck and some bulldozers over there. We're storming the gates of hell. And we better make sure that we know what we're doing. That was God, Holy Spirit, remind me. See, every, every, every sovereign move of God, He's going to place something on you that's going to cause you to be separated from the world. Now, we think a move of God is because people's falling out in the spirit and people, you know, a bunch of people show up at the church, they got some. Some great guy coming to sing, and the singing's better, everything else. No, every move of God, since in the church age, God's going to place something on you that's going to cause you to be rejected by people you value. No, i got to get down here with you. I didn't say when you start going to church, and it's so you're going to start watching your kids a little bit closer, maybe monitoring a little bit on what they watch and who they hang with. Uh-uh. I'm talking about a move of God in your life. Something. This is God. And you become rejectable with people that you value. Not the people who don't even know your name. You know what hurts me the most in being in a town as long as I have and seeing God do a lot of things, Elizabeth? Walking in a building and seeing be, and me being rejected by people that I used to hold value and still do. But you know what? You know what, Candy? I'm not trying to defend my reputation. I don't care about my reputation. I care about His glory. I care about His power. And I know it's a sovereign move of God when I'm not trying to defend a belief system based on something somebody has a book somewhere made by some man. Or you ain't doing this, you ain't doing this, you ain't doing this, you ain't I might be rejected with you because I won't line up according to your book. But I do know is that God allows me into his kingdom. God allows me his presence. And the world doesn't like me because I don't stand with the world. I stand with the other kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. See, our problem is we want to move of God, but we want to be a part of this world. Uh, a true sovereign move of God will suck you away from the kingdom of this world, and you're going to stand all alone. Do you know what God's laid upon us? He's laid something upon us that separates us from the world. 
don't look like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't believe like the world. I don't agree with what the world says. I don't agree with their change of, of sexual identification. I don't believe in their definition of abortion. I don't believe in their definition of what marriage is. I don't believe. I don't believe. I can go on and on and on. I don't, I don't believe there's many gods. We got, the, we got inequality of one God. Uh-uh. There's one God. There's one Savior. His name is Jesus. His name isn't Buddha. His name isn't Muhammad. He's not a Shinto cow or, or Hindu shrine. He's none of that kind of stuff. He's God all by himself. And it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we think. We've got a question that's been put upon us. What are we going to do with Jesus? What are we going to do with Jesus? What are we going to do with him? What are we going to do with him? We can't put him in a pocket. We can't keep him around back. We can't pull him out on Sundays when we need him. What are you going to do with Jesus? He's too big to put on a bushel basket. What are we going to do with Jesus? We're going to exalt him. We're going to praise him. People begin wanting to debate. People on TV and they, they debate all this kind of stuff on, you know, whether it's a conservative idea, whether it's a liberal idea, whether it's d- Democrat or, or what, independent or, you know, whatever, whether it's a Methodist idea or Pentecost idea or a Baptist It doesn't matter. It's a God idea. Why can't two men marry? Because God says it's not right. I used, to, I, used to, I used to, when I was coming up, you know, your goal was, I'm going to make it a CNN. I'm going to be that guy going on CNN. I'm going to debate them. You can't debate people that look at a red rose and say it's blue. Come on, church. But you can look at them and say, you can say it's blue or you want to, but God says it's red. What are we going to do with Jesus? I'm trying to tell you about the wall. I'm closing. Oh, everybody's up here. Okay, that means I got to close. <laughs> so a wall means, a strong wall means that we're stable. An enemy comes, he inspects the wall. When he inspects the wall, if he finds any weaknesses, he'll try to penetrate it. Everybody got that? Understand this about the wall. Reason why the enemy, we think our wall was fortified and we're shot when the enemy comes in to kill, sin, and destroy because all we're doing is looking right here. Because that's, that's as high as our standards go now, is right here. Most weakness in the cities, the wall is, is weak at the top. That's why the enemy always come. It's not, it's not how do we get to the wall, it's how do we get over the wall. And they always need to look at the top because that's where the weak areas are. And that's what's happening to parenting. That's what's happened to churches. That's what's happened to preachers. That's what happened to businessmen. That's what happened to everyday Christians. What we used to inspect up here and make sure that that is important to us, now we've allowed a standard to come all the way down here. And we think we got it just because we got a few things up here. And what used to blow my grandparents' mind, we're allowing to our house. Am I preaching good yet? So the battles after the souls of our children. 
the souls of our parents. I got children that are go, I go over there and lay hands on you. And I got parents that want to pray out loud in this sanctuary. Not just the children. And you wonder why then when that child gets 15, they just stand like a, like a block of ice in one of these services when true worship is being uttered out of the mouth of praisers. I'm just pastoring. So I'm doing pastoring. And so our walls is our is our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions. We begin to build up our, our souls. We build up our souls. And and the, the, I told you about the rocky is what we is what we is what we stumble on. The thorny, the thorny fruit don't come up because we're in conflict. What are we in conflict with? Our soul and our spirit's not right. Our spirit says praise him. Our spirit says believe him. Our spirit says stay on top of it. Our spirit says, You better watch this. Our spirit says there's a thief in the house. And our soul says, Yeah, but I just don't know. Our mind is like, well, you know, I talked to Sadie at work, and you know, they don't they don't pray all that stuff. You don't do all this. Our will is like, you know what? It don't take all that. I'm here to tell you, it takes all of everything that we do, and, 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 and ten times more than that. I got the greatest team on the planet. These people, these kids work. They seek God. They never question how hard it's going to be. Only thing they don't understand is can't. They don't have a clue how to define the word can't. All we know is is that we got to. It's a soul. It's all with me. It's a soul. See, right now your spirit's like preach Lancaster and your soul saying, I've had enough of this. I'm ready to go get some chicken or something. I know what you know. I know I'm battling. Feel it. That's why. See, two weeks ago I came here talking about whole, whole month last week I talked about resurrection. And Paul says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. What's he trying to say? Be honest with you, he's trying to say, I know when I, I, know when I leave this earth and my, my body is left here and I die, you're going to bury my Bible, but and my soul and my spirit is going to be together. And he says, but I want to, watch this. He says, but I want to experience that on this side of heaven. What do you mean? Because it's a conflict, it's thorns that we cannot produce the fruit that we want to in faith because our spirit sees it, but our mind's like, I don't get it. Our emotions is like, don't do it. And our will is, it's gonna gonna cost us too much. But the resurrected body, your mind, your will, your emotion, your soul is lined up with your spirit. And whatever your spirit thinks, your soul does. I'm going somewhere. You got this? You got this? Y'all got this? Because it's important. When y'all get up here, see David, Psalm 103. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Wait a minute, let's break this thing down. What's he doing? Come on, soul. Let's bless the Lord. Come on, soul. Come on, mind. Come on, will. Come on, emotions. We're going to bless the Lord. I know there's some thorns in our life. I know there's some stuff. We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. 
If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpriestchurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.